Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to a brand new message. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Awesome, you guys. Kim's just going to stay up here with us to just give us some vibes for a minute. Um, I'm just going to read our passage. So it says, But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Just as we were worshiping today, I just, in the last song, I just caught the impression that the Lord was just like, this is a church that is abiding with me right now. And just that like word was really, really true to my heart of like, to abide just means to be with. And so I just kind of want to speak that over us that like today we're actually just have the privilege of just being with God. Um, So yeah, the title of my sermon today is please send some, or send someone else. (laughs) Awesome, you guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. Um, so like Pastor Harrison said, if you don't know me, my name is Sydney. Um, I have the privilege of serving on the worship team and alongside the young adults here. Um, and I just, <laughs> I just finished an internship here, which is like, it kind of is hard because I like worked the best job in the world for like five months and then they're like, see ya, like, we'll see you guys around. Um, and I had the privilege of um, just doing it alongside Chase and Chantel and Christiane. And it was just such a, a summer that was just so formative for me and just as a leader and as just a believer, I just feel like every single time like Pastor Harrison gets up to preach us or like just teach us a lesson I'm like I get all of these things for free and people pay like thousands of dollars for leadership lessons and I'm getting paid to be here so it's kind of the best thing ever um and then Pastor Harrison Christy and Amy are just like such incredible leaders at our church can we actually just put our hands together for them right now Something that I've noticed about these leaders is that um, we are like we are very grounded by our vision here at Kingdom Church. If you don't know, if you haven't been through growth, growth Track, our main values are generosity, accessibility, and excellence. And it's just so awesome to serve alongside people that that's actually the heartbeat of their life. Like that's actually the heartbeat of who they are. And it's not just something that they preach when they're here, but it's actually how they lead and live their lives. And I just think it's so much easier to serve in a church when we have vision and when we, had, when we have vision that like everyone is united around. And so just this summer was such a, such a moment to just really just be engulfed in that. And something that I was reminded this whole time just through through going through all the vision and going through growth track again is that one of the first values we had at Kingdom Church back in 2018 for, it was like a word for the year. It was that we were gonna be a church that was for the one. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing because as much as it was like a word for that season, I think it's actually a word that's grounded in our church because I think that every single chair in here is perfectly placed for that one person who's never set foot in here. And I just like, I think of each person that serves on our leadership team and just on our team in general, that like, that's the reason that this worship set rocked. So that's the reason why the people that handed you coffee were smiling. That's the reason why people were flagging you down in the parking lot. Like everyone is surrounded around the same vision. And I just like, I actually find it like such a privilege to be at this church and like my first experience in full-time ministry being here it's actually kind of unfair because I feel like this is actually a really unrealistic picture of like great church community so shout out to kingdom um (laughs) if you're new here first of all welcome second of all I really hope that everything I just said didn't make you feel left out if anything I hope it makes you feel really excited to be like to be joining into a community that is already for you and that is already praying for you and loves you and just so excited to get to know you um so yeah, we're just so happy that you're here. And so I just hope that you stick around after and grab a coffee and have a really awkward conversation with some of our young adults because 
are really, really good at that. Um, just before I get into kind of the main, the main part of our passage, I want us to just bring us through a little bit of context because I think that this passage, like just reading it, has a lot of power. But I think even more so when we understand kind of where we're at in this, like a little bit, con- a little bit of context, it, get, it gives a bigger picture to like who Moses is and what's going on here. So the biggest thing you need to know if you've never heard anything about Moses, if you don't know what Exodus is, it's okay. You just need to know that Moses was a man who had great favor upon his life. Um, And what favor is, is it's an approval, a support, or a liking for someone or something. And I think that it's very evident from the moment Moses was born that God had great favor over his life. Um, This is also a really weird story to tell because it's like when Moses was born, his mother put him in a waterproof basket and put him into a river. Um, So this isn't like a... The prescriptive moment. This is like, I'm telling you what happened. Like, don't, don't do what I'm saying right now. Anyway, Moses, his mom puts him in a basket and sends him down the Nile River and he survives. And then when he gets, like when he, I guess, lands, the person that takes him into um, their care is actually the daughter of the person who's actually persecuting Moses's people. Um, But I think that this is another evidence of great favor upon Moses's life because this environment that he gets raised in, he actually has great privilege. He has great leadership. He has great opportunity. And And yeah, he just goes from a place of being persecuted to being very, very privileged. And he's in a place of a lot of power. And so there's a moment, kind of a turning point in Moses' life that we kind of need to know is that he actually, um, he sees one of his people in the place that he was born at fighting against one of the Egyptians, which is the place that he ended up in this basket. And he actually goes and he kills the Egyptian. And then he doesn't confess to it. He actually buries him in the sand and then he leaves. And so I just want to reiterate that this is not a prescriptive. It is very descriptive. But th- I just want to give us a context because I think that sometimes we look at these people in the Bible as heroes and as like superheroes who have done nothing wrong. And I just think that it's so beautiful that God calls people um, to something when they have a really kind of messed up past. Like, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes like even preparing for this, I'm like, I look back over my life and I'm like, I never thought I would be up here. But I think that that's actually a testament to a faithful God. Um, and I just think back to like the first couple of weeks of young adults when Pastor Harrison first asked me to lead them, I was like, I'm not really sure like what you're, why you're asking me to do this. Like I don't have any previous experience. I just got back of, from six months of ministry where I was really overly zealous and probably told Pastor Harrison to his face that he needed more of the Holy Spirit because I had a little bit too bold, too much boldness. Um, but anyway, someone, Harrison and the Lord had a lot of faith in me and maybe a little bit too much. But I think week after week when those um, young adults were showing up, like they might've been like, oh, this girl's like got it going on. Like she's like, preaching like every like Sunday night but like I was like walking to those times like Lord I got nothing like I really need you to speak through me and so actually the first couple weeks was pretty evident of that because I kind of knew that a lot of these young adults didn't actually know each other and so I'm like okay how do I get these guys to mingle and so I do what anyone would have done and I got them all to sit on like around plastic fold-up tables and download an app called Among Us and then for the next like two hours of young, maybe I shouldn't be saying this in front of my pastor, but like for the next like two hours, we just sat around these plastic tables and just yelled the word imposter at each other. And that's kind of how, hey, don't laugh. It worked. Look. Um, So that's kind of how we, I guess, mingled and um, got really close. But something that all of this taught me, like from reading through Moses' testimony here and just looking back on my story is that God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And I think that's something that we need to remember, especially like in a community like this, because there's a lot of people that we might look up to, like Pastor Harrison and Christy and Amy, and like, oh, they got it going on. Like, they're so like, like perfect, but it's like everyone has a past. Everyone comes from something. And we actually are only like qualified when the Lord speaks something over our life. And so something, and my first point actually is that you are not enough. 
And I know all the Gen Zs in here are like quaking right now because like we have this narrative in society that's like, you're perfect. Like there's nothing that you have to work on. Like uh, you're an independent woman. Like you don't need no man. Um, but, <laughs> but I think that like this is actually a moment in like um, society where we have gone really far away from our need for Jesus and our need to like rely on him and invite him to, into every moment of our lives. And so I'm just gonna read this first part of our, of our main passage here when it says, Moses said to the Lord, oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor you have, nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And so I think in this moment, this is like God had called Moses to go back to Egypt and free his people. And Moses is deciding in this moment that he actually has to do this alone. Like there isn't one thing that the Lord said in like previous to this. He just calls Moses to something. And then Moses said like, I can't do this by myself. And God's probably like, did I, like, did I misspeak? Like, I'm actually gonna join you on this. I'm actually gonna walk alongside you in this. And I think that's something that Moses is experiencing something here. It's something called imposter syndrome, which is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort or skills. And so I think that this is, this reaction is Moses deciding that the task has to be done without God. It's him deciding to um, speak out of a place of self-doubt and insecurity. And actually, I can really, I can really relate to Moses in this part because when Pastor Harrison asked me to speak speak today, I was like, I was like, does this guy just really need a Sunday off? Like, I was just like, I don't really have anything to show for like experience in this. I was like, maybe he just feels really bad that Chase got to preach and like, in an effort to save my feelings, asked me too. And so, I went through a lot of like just wrestling with like why me kind of thing. And I think God kind of humbled me, and He's like, when has it ever been about you? Like when has like anything, like any message that you've like taught the young adults or any like Monday motivation or whatever it may be, like when have those things actually ever been about you? And so another thing that I got reminded of through Pastor Harrison and through God is that like if he's going to call me to something, he's actually, he wouldn't ask me to do something if he wasn't going to guide me through it. And I think that that's so true for so many things that God calls us to in life and <laughs> Pastor Harrison and I have very different ideas of guiding because part of me wanted to sit with him for three hours and have him teach me every sermon he's ever preached and what to say and how to do it and how to like do different vocal inflections and all the things. And then the other part of me was like, don't you dare ask me how it's going because it's not going well. Um, and then from his part, he was mostly just like checking in, like, how are you doing? Like, can we meet up? And I would just blow him off and never follow up. But I think it, the truth is, is that it's actually way easier to do things by ourselves because we don't have to be vulnerable. And I think that vulnerability is a risk. And so when we try to do things by ourselves, we don't actually have to worry about any kind of constructive criticism. We don't have to worry about maybe that insecurity that someone's going to look at us and tell us that we're not good enough or that we haven't um, proven something to be true of ourselves. Um, Something that I kept coming back to is that even though I was really insecure about my abilities and I had to be really honest with myself, um, same for me as for Moses, is that if God was so confident in Moses' ability to do what he is called, called to do on his own, he would have affirmed Moses, but he actually affirmed himself. He reminds Moses of who he is. And that's something so important is that like Moses isn't like grabbing, or sorry, God isn't like grabbing Moses by the hand. He's not like, my sweet prince, like everything that you've done into this moment has like proven you to be a good leader. He's like, no, like actually, who am I? Like, I'm going to remind you of who I am. And he says like, who makes a man speak? Who gives a man his mouth? And he actually just reminds Moses of who he is. And I think that sometimes um, just as a culture, we can maybe get it a little twisted that 
it's really good that we affirm one another, but what actually has more truth to it? What actually has more weight when we affirm each other of our humanness or when we affirm each other of the Holy Spirit that's within each of us? And I think that um, it's really easy actually to attach onto lies about our identity when we're actually making it all about ourselves. Because then if we're saying this is all about me and this is all on me, then if something goes wrong, everything falls on me too. And I have to take that responsibility. And so we start believing these lies about our identity and a lot of things that were coming up were like, you are not capable, like you're gonna mess it up, like all of these things. Um, but I think that these lies actually paralyze us. Um, and they actually, oh, <laughs> sorry, my arm's like, oh. um, yeah, these lies paralyze us and they can be intrusive and debilitating. But the most important thing of all of, it, of all of it is that actually they're untrue. Like that's the thing that we have to come back to is that I feel like we're really good at acknowledging like lies and being like, okay, like that's the enemy. But it's like, we have to actually come to that place of like, no, that's actually untrue. Like I'm not gonna let the enemy have a say in my identity because he actually doesn't know me at all. He actually doesn't have a place here. He actually doesn't get to speak into my life. Um, and so when I was believing this lie of like, you are not capable, like, I think there's a part of me that's like, I kind of want to break that down because I actually don't feel capable. So like, um, I want to think a little bit more about this. And I actually think the truth is, is that I am not capable without God. And the enemy works best through half truths because I think if he was co to come up with some elaborate lie, like it would be a lot easier to be like, okay, that's, that's just bunk. But like when he says something like, you are not capable, like I actually felt that really deeply already. And it was almost like he was affirming something in me, but I, I had to come back to the truth that like, I'm actually not capable without Jesus. The thing is, I don't think God and I don't think Pastor Harrison were actually that confident in my ability. The thing is, I think a little bit of imposter syndrome is actually really good sometimes because it, like a hint of imposter syndrome is like, I need someone to rely on and I need a savior who is greater than me and I need a Lord that is greater than me. Um, and just all of it coming back to this point where, um, where God aff affirms Moses of who he is, it's like, when did we start relying on positive affirmation of ourselves before relying on affirmation of who God is? I think that's so convicting of like, I don't know, we just like, we hype each other up and it's like, you're perfect, you're gonna like, you're gonna do this perfectly. But even when Pastor Harrison was encouraging me, he wasn't like, I know that you're gonna be perfect. He's like, God has spoken identity into you and God actually has a call in your life. And so it was, it's always about bringing it back to the call that God has on your life, not the way that you want it to look. Um, and so this brings us to our next point of God is in your corner. And this is the part where it says, the Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And I think this right here is actually an invitation for Moses to trust God. And trusting God is hard. Like, I feel like every time I think I've mastered it, I fall on my face. I go my own way. And I trust my feelings instead. And here, like we have a little bit of context of Moses' story, but actually in this moment where God calls him, he's 80 years old. And so I was kind of making fun of him in my mind of like, bro, like you have 80 years of God's providence and trustworthiness to base this decision off of and you're still doubtful. Like I was being a little bit judgy of him. I was like, you're 80. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's so much life experience. Um, but I actually don't think that we were meant to do it perfectly. Um, I think we were meant to learn over and over again because the biggest thing is that God actually doesn't always work the same way. And if we kind of begin to get comfortable and like, okay, God's gonna speak to me like this, or God's gonna use this person in my life, then I actually think that we're kind of becoming Lord of our own um, interactions with God. And I think I do that a lot in my quiet time where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna journal for 20 minutes and then I'm gonna read my Bible for 20 minutes and then I'm gonna read a book for 20 minutes. And if I don't feel God, then like, either I've done something horribly wrong or God's just being annoying and not showing up for me. But I think that that's actually just a lack of trust that God's gonna like, and actually just like an unrealistic expectation that God's always gonna show up the way that I want him to. But something that I have to remember is that if God is, my, if God is in my corner, he's always in my corner, regardless if I feel it or not. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's just like, sometimes I really get to a point where I'm like, okay, Jesus, I get you. Like I got, like, I got it going on and like, I don't need to worry about it. But, and then he just kind of flips it of like in a, in a moment of like, I'm actually okay with you being uncomfortable because I trust that I'm going to show up for you. And so that's actually a really hard moment to come, or I guess a really hard um, realization to believe when we're going through hard things in life. Um, and I was reading this book by Lisa Whittle and it's called The Hard Good. And I was kind of going through a lot of like disappointment and like grief in my life. And I picked up this book and there's this line in it that says, when we have a core belief that God is good, we will at some point come to believe that anything he allows for isn't for nothing. And that's all like, that's a really great sentence and it's really powerful. But I think that that is a little bit disheartening if we're like, oh, okay, but what if I actually don't believe that everything he allows for isn't for nothing? Like, what if I don't actually have a good enough understanding of God's goodness for that to actually like, like pierce my heart when I read that? And I actually, I just want to say right now, like, that's okay. Like, if you actually don't feel like you know God enough or God well enough yet to know that he is good, like, like, don't worry. Like, that's actually really exciting and it's great opportunity. But I think that's something that, um, I was just thinking about this whole idea of God being good. And actually this morning I was like, I was like, I don't want to explain God's goodness and how God is always for you without us kind of understanding a little bit, um, a little bit more context. Is it okay if I just go into that a little bit right now? Yeah, okay. So there's this amazing author that a lot of us here love named Nancy Piercy. And she actually answered a question that I didn't know I was asking. And I think I had been asking it for years. And I think actually having this question answered, not only did it completely transform my relationship with God, but it actually revealed to me the true state of my heart, that there's actually a lot of pride when we decide that we don't want to ask questions. And I think one of the biggest questions that was on my heart and maybe on a lot of yours today is like, it's actually such a common question of like, how could a good God, or like, yeah, how could a good God do something like that? Or like, why do bad things happen to good people? Have you guys ever had a question like that in your mind before? Yeah, I think I struggled with that for a long time. And I think until I understood this concept of creation, fall, redemption, there was a big piece of me that was like, it was always in the back of my mind, like, oh, like, why would God let me go through this? But then I was like, no, no, I can't think that because like, I just, I don't want to ask anything like that because it's disrespectful and it's dishonoring to God. But I think a question like that actually takes great faith. Um, and so I'm just going to go into that creation, fall, redemption thing really quick, because I think it's really important. And at creation, we have this picture of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And if you don't know what that is, it's just the first interaction that man has with God. And it's perfect. And they're in perfect relationship with one another. And they actually just walk through the garden and, the, and like Jesus sees, or like God sees them and he knows them. Um, but because God is a good God, we have the element of choice here. Um, and because we're human and we make mistakes, we chose wrong. And... Um, that was actually the, re the result of that was the fall. And that's when sin and brokenness came into the world. And so I think that that's actually a really important thing to remember is that, is that like, uh, I think of like acts of God is actually unfortunate that they're called that, like, like storms and like stuff like that is like people, people kind of have like a hard time understanding that, but that's actually a result of the fall. That's actually a result of a broken world that was tainted by sin in the garden. But the beautiful thing about all of this is, is as sad as that is, like God saw the perfection in Eden and knew that it was good enough that it was worth being redeemed. And that's why Jesus was sent. And so through Jesus and through God um, coming on earth as a man and giving his life so that we could have freedom so that we could be intimate with him, that's a picture of heaven and I love this phrase that says that we're in the already but the not yet because we've already experienced a taste of goodness and a taste of freedom but we are not yet in perfection with Jesus and I think that's a hope that we can hold on to especially when we're going through hard times when we're having a hard time believing that God isn't is good um and there was a season that I went through. Um, I actually just met with a spiritual therapist. Have you never heard of that? It's just a registered psychologist who loves Jesus, who prays for you, and it's awesome. And anyway, she was basically like, I just want you to tell me about the last six months of your life. I just kind of want to get a taste of like what we're going to go through here. And I kind of had to like go through the last six months of my life and like explain all these events. And I was just like, 
in my heart and in my head, I was like, Lord, like, that was so hard. Like, I went through so many moments where I was just like, like, God, like, why did you let me go through this? And if I'm, if I'm gonna be completely honest, like there was nights I'd be driving home from somewhere and then I would just end up driving like circles around my block, just like weeping and just like asking God questions like, God, why? Like, why did you let this happen? Um, and I think like it, there was just a, a moment where I got to this brokenness where I was like, okay, I'm either just gonna stop, like there's nothing else for me to do, just lay here, or I'm actually gonna begin to actually truly trust God with my life and be really honest about it. Um, and so, yeah, I had like, I did have these moments where I was like in like deep, deep need, but I think that when we get to rock bottom, we actually realize how deep our need is for God. Um, and I think that it's really easy for me to have not asked that question and kind of shied away from it because the answer is scary of like, why would a good God do something like this? But then I look at it and I'm like, I look back over the six, months when I was telling this lady about it and I'm like all of those moments where I kept going that was not me I am not that strong like that was only the Holy Spirit working in my life and those moments where you wake up and you're just like laying in bed and you're like I don't even know how I'm gonna get through the next five minutes and then the Holy Spirit shows up and you get up and you go through your day and I just think that sometimes we kind of take that for granted of like oh, that was me. Like, I just kind of like worked up the motivation of the effort, but it's like, I know each and every single one of us have had a moment where we didn't think that we could continue and that we had a good God and a good savior and a good Lord to take us through that. And I just wanna speak to anyone here today that's experiencing brokenness, whether it's in relationship or, or family or any kind of trauma. Um, first of all, I just wanna say, I see you and we're here for you. And the other thing I wanna say is, I know my heart in this, these things are not evidence of an untrustworthy God. And I think that the enemy can take these hard moments and try and convince us of that, but actually like, that's actually not true at all because you would actually still be stuck in those moments of grief if it weren't for the Lord. And I think that it's okay that we doubt those things. I think it's okay that we lack trust. And I see God's, or sorry, I see Moses' unbelief here and God sees that too and he sees his doubt and he, and he calls him anyways. And church today, I just wanna say your doubt, your insecurity and your lack of trust do not disqualify you. They just don't and they didn't disqualify Moses. And something that's really important to come back to is remembrance of where has God shown up for me before? Like where have I been confident of Jesus in my life? And and it's okay if we haven't if we can't think of an example in our lives yet, like we can just think of the cross. Like the greatest and the most beautiful promise and sacrifice that anyone has ever done for us. And the thing that always like shakes me to my core is this phrase like Jesus died for you knowing that you might not ever want him. Like, can we just, I'm just gonna say that one more time. Jesus died for you knowing that you might never want him. Like a love like that is hard to come by. And I just think of like those moments when um, maybe we're doubtful of God's love. Like I just wanna encourage us to come back to the cross and we're in 21 days of prayer right now here at the church. And this week, Amy went through um, just a time where we all was just sitting there, just like we took communion. And I just was like think, sitting there and I was like, how often do I actually just forget about the cross? Like I spend a lot of time in Exodus and it's great, but like the cross is so essential to our faith as Christians. And we actually don't have a, like there's actually not a lot of hope for Moses. Like I feel bad for this guy. He had great, he had great faith and he didn't even have Jesus. And I make fun of him because I'm like, oh, he's 80 and he like has all of God's like faithfulness to base his life off, but he didn't even have Jesus. We have Jesus. Like we have that promise. And I think that's like such a good hope to hold on to. And I don't want to stray away from the fact that like, like, I don't want to tell you that if you start trusting Jesus today, that your life is going to get easier. Like, I really don't. And that's actually not true. And if someone's told you that before, like, we can chat after. But um, something that, like, I really have had to hold on to in this season of grief is that um, 
there's this, I actually don't even know where I heard this, but it's this thing that says, I know that you will never forsake me, but you will go to great lengths to remake me. And I think that's, I, I almost see like a child and a parent in that moment of like discipline can sometimes be scary, but like this is, this is a moment where God is actually just trying to remake us. And in Moses' situation, it wasn't just him, God trying to remake him. It was actually in an effort to remake an entire nation. Um, and I think it's a little bit settling that like Jesus or that God didn't actually have full, complete confidence in Moses, but he actually had it in himself. And so I just wanna remind us today that if you're being called to something, like I don't know if it's a new job or a relationship or a season of life where you just are really, really nervous and lacking confidence, like I just want you to know that God is for you, but his confidence is actually in himself. His confidence is actually in the Holy Spirit within you and guiding you through. And like we said earlier, like God is not gonna call you to something if he wouldn't, if he did God will not call you to something without guiding you through it. And this is all coming to the idea, and like my last point is that God is sufficient for you. Um, and this is the last thing where uh, God says to Moses, now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And I actually kind of laughed when I read this last part because Moses kind of had just finished whining about like, oh, I've never been eloquent in the past. I'm not now. And then God doesn't put up with any of it. Like he's just like, no, go. Like, I'm gonna send you right now. There's a call in your life you're gonna go and I'm gonna support you and I'm gonna be there for you. Um, and something the very wise pa Pastor Christie said to me a couple weeks ago is that it's okay to sometimes undermine your own ability, but it's never okay to undermine God's. And so I think this is a little bit confusing. Like as I was reading this about Moses, I'm like, is he doubting himself or is he actually doubting God in this moment? And so I think the next thing that we see is like the true state of Moses's heart is that after God calls him, he, says, he still says, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. How many times have we been there when like someone has spoken identity into our life and we've had this like moment of motivation and, and then we get home and we're alone with our thoughts and we're like, Lord, no, Lord, just send someone else. Like it can't be me, it won't be me. And I think that's actually a really like a really humbling place to come to. And I think that is all with the, like with the idea that we wanna know the whole picture. Like when God calls us to something, we're like, no, I'm actually not gonna do it until I know how it turns out. And that's actually not, we don't need trust for that. That doesn't require any trust at all. And I think that the hard thing though is sometimes is that God sees the entirety of our lives and we only get a picture. It actually reminds me of a story. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents were, come on, my parents are awesome. Can you give up for my parents? So I grew up in a, in a home that was like, we were very diligent, is the word I'll use, about what we wa were allowed to watch and not allowed to watch. And so I remember this one time, my dad was in the basement watching this movie, and he's like, okay, I need to explain before that, whenever Jordan and I, my brother's name is Jordan, whenever we would watch a movie with him, you best believe he's already watched the movie and his hand is on the remote the whole time in case something pops up on that screen that we're not supposed to see. Come on. And, uh, and so he's like, Jordan, Sydney, you guys, I found this movie and we're gonna watch it and it's gonna be awesome. It was the series of unfortunate events, which is an awesome movie. And so we get downstairs and we start watching it. And they're like, my dad's just like, the whole time there with his hand, with the, his hand on the remote. And Jordan and I are there with him. And then it gets to the part, you know, when the little baby is in the room with all the snakes, like it's literally the cliffhanger. My dad pauses it and Jordan and I are like, and he's like, oh yeah, I didn't get past this point yet. Like I haven't watched yet. So I'm actually gonna let you guys can go and I'll watch this and we can watch it another time. 
So I, I actually like was actually so frustrated in this moment. I'm like, Kate, hey, what the heck? But I think that we actually get like that with God, right? Like I don't get to see the whole picture. And so I'm frustrated. And because I don't get to see the whole picture and because my dad didn't let me see the whole picture, I decide that he's actually not a good God. I actually decide that he's actually not a good father. And I think like how actually prideful is that for us as like these mundane human beings who don't know everybody, who don't know any better, who mess up each and every single day, how bold of it is us to wish that we had the whole picture. Like, I don't even know like what's going on next week and I'm already overwhelmed like if God showed me like what's happening for the rest of my life I couldn't handle it and so I think it's so important to come back to that place of like God has a full picture and I have to trust that that's enough like if I actually trust Jesus I'll know that like he's actually taking the next steps for me and with me um and something so convicting that I always come back to is that if Jesus is my confidence how could I ever be insecure Like if Jesus is truly the root of my confidence, how could I ever be insecure? If I'm insecure, I'm making it about myself. If I'm insecure, I'm saying that God is not enough for me. And there's grace in that. Like we all go through moments of like doubting God. And and like I said earlier, it doesn't disqualify you. But I just want to read us this passage from 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 where it says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness and the most gladly, therefore, I will boast all the more about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And like how countercultural is that, that we're boasting in our weaknesses, that we're coming before a God, we're coming before the Lord of our lives and we're saying, God, I actually don't have enough on my own. I'm actually not enough on my own. I am not capable and I need you, Lord. And I think that that is actually something that blesses Jesus's heart so dearly. For a father, it's like, I, I kind of envision like, like a dad and his little daughter where it's like the daughter like has her arms like reached up like just reached out in an effort to like have this grasp and Jesus is there and he's holding her and he's holding on to her and I just want to say if you feel like you're too far gone if you feel like you've gone in the opposite direction like when you decide to come back you are not the only one coming back Jesus is running towards you now he will not make that decision for you he will not force you into anything but the moment that your heart softens to the Lord and to know that you want relationship with him he is there and so yeah I just wanted us to know that today that like Like we actually can boast in those weaknesses because Jesus will meet us there. Can we just stand this morning? I just want to give an opportunity to those of us who maybe have never trusted God or maybe just been lacking a little bit of trust today that um, we actually always have the opportunity to come back. And just like I said earlier, like if Jesus is my confidence, how could I ever be insecure? And I think that we all crave that security. I think that we all crave just that intimacy with the Father, whether we know it or not. And so today I'm just gonna pray and ask God to just... um, just release some some trust on us. And that sounds weird, but it actually takes a lot of faith to trust. And so we're just gonna pray and invite the Holy Spirit to just build faith in us, to build that trust in us. And so Holy Spirit today, I just wanna thank you for the privilege it is to know you and to just help others to know you too, Jesus. And I just pray for every single heart in this room today, God, whether it's their 300th time in this building, whether it's their first time, Lord, and I just pray that God, you would meet them exactly where they're at. Jesus, if they've been through trauma, if they've been through hurt, if they've been burned, maybe even by the church, God, would you remind them that you are a good father, God, and that these things are not evidence of an untrustworthy God. And I pray that if there's questions like deep, deep in their hearts, Jesus, that they would know that it actually takes so much faith to ask questions like that. And it actually blesses your heart so dearly when when we come to you like a child, when we come to you asking why God, those are actually your favorite questions because those are the questions, the questions that leave, that lead to intimacy with you. 
that lead to just such a nearness to you, God, that we wouldn't experience if we hid from those questions. And so God, just as Moses is called in this, in this passage, God, and just as he doubts, Lord, I pray that for the person that you're calling to just be with you. I pray for the person that you're calling into a new season of life who's terrified, God, and I just pray that you just be so near to them today. And Father, I pray for any belief about you that is untrue. Lord, I just pray that you would break that off right now in Jesus' name. I pray for the hurt. I pray for the pain. I pray for the person who's been burned, Jesus. But I just pray that you got you would just remove the scales from our eyes today, Jesus, to just actually see the goodness of who you are, apart from all of the things that this world has taught us, God, apart from all of the ways that this world has hurt us, Jesus. We just invite you into this space, God. And I just thank you for each and every person here. And today, if you want to just... Um, just start that journey with God of trusting him. I just invite you to just lift your hands just like this, like we're receiving something today. We're not gonna call you out. We're just gonna all receive together because I think all of us could use a little bit of trust. So Father, we just declare today, God, that despite our feelings and despite our past experience, Lord, we trust you. God, and even if that's just a mustard seed of trust or a mustard seed of faith, God, it still has power and it still has weight because it's for you. And so, Jesus, we just decide today that we are, that we are for you, God, and that, um, yeah, we just want more of you, Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you so much for this time today, God, and we, yeah, we just thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. I just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message. We hope it blessed you and that you're encouraged and inspired. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to get in contact with you. Until next time, take care.